With the importance of exercising your spiritual gift in a loving way, here's Pastor Ed Taylor. Remember, since everything's so black and white to you, the Lord's sharing His truth with you, you have the right answer, you know it's from God, that you forget about love, and you forget about grace and mercy and agape, and, and you're just not the most sensitive type. That might even be your personality, but you know God can make you sensitive. God can cause you to be more sensitive than you are today so that you might be a better exerciser of His gift. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Maybe you've noticed you can be dead right in what you say, but dead wrong in the way you say it. Today's Abounding Grace will help us avoid that common mistake. Last time we were together, we began to learn about the gift of prophecy mentioned in Romans chapter 12 and elsewhere. Today, we'll be encouraged to grow in the use of this gift and speak it forth at the right time and in the right way. Beginning with more on the importance of timing, here's Pastor Ed. A person with that gifting of prophecy will often come to you with the right verse at the right time. Like you're searching for an answer. You're praying, God, help me in this. I don't understand it. And your phone rings. Hey, how you doing? Great. How are the kids? Wonderful. Hey, hey, the Lord just gave me a scripture for you. I don't understand why. And I know it's kind of a weird thing, but I just want to give it to you and read it to you. Can you just write it down? And let's just read it together and pray. And so they read it to you. And as they're reading it, the Holy Spirit is saying, this scripture is fulfilled in your life today. It's the answer that you've been waiting for. You've been searching the Bible for 50 years. And God uses a gifted person to give it to you in 50 seconds. Because that's how the gift of the Spirit moves. And so you don't want to despise prophecies. You don't want to despise the Word of God coming forth into your life. You don't want to despise someone that is recognized with this gifting and speaks forth a word to you that says, I just think this is from the Lord. Don't go there. What? What do you mean don't go there? It seems like logically I should be going there. I go, no, I'm just praying and the Lord just impressed upon me. Don't go there. And then you and I have a decision. Are we going to receive that or are we not going to receive that from a person that's obviously gifted in that area? And so Jesus, he, exerts, he takes the word of God and he says, boom, here it is. This is your life right now. It's being fulfilled before you. Now, how does this operate in the church? Well, you're still in Luke. Go to chapter 1. Chapter 1 in Luke, we have Zacharias here speaking a word of prophecy over his kid, John the Baptist. In verse 67 of Luke chapter 1, we have Zacharias exercising this gift. And it's so powerful as his father now, notice, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Notice how he does it. He just says forth what God has given. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. He's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Notice verse 74. To grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. He just gives forth these comforting, encouraging words. The Messiah has come and God is going to use my son to be part of his program. He says in verse 80, speaking of John the Baptist, how he grows up and he becomes strong. And 
was in the deserts till the day of his manifestation to Israel. You know, in our fellowship here, God has used many words of prophecy to encourage us. In my own life, moving out to Colorado, as Pastor Jeff had brought my family up to the stage, as we often do here, and prayed over us and prayed over my, my wife and my kids and for us to move out, as he was praying, he prayed that God would bless Calvary Chapel Aurora. But you know, at the time he prayed that, Calvary Chapel Aurora did not exist. Not only did it not exist, but about that time we had recognized that there was already a ministry going on here in Aurora that we would probably find ourselves in another city. And it would be a Calvary Chapel in another city here in Denver somewhere. But God had impressed upon my pastor just to speak forth a word to us through prayer. It wasn't like, oh, Lord, bless Ed and Marie and the kids. And wait a minute, I got a word from the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. It was very natural as he was praying for us that God impressed upon him. Lord, bless this family and bless the work of Calvary Chapel Aurora long before it ever, long before we ever gathered, before I even set foot, before we had our first Bible study, before any of those things, God had prophesied through my pastor that we would exist even as we are here today. And often that word would encourage me because the spiritual warfare is intense. And so God may have someone in your life just gives you a comforting word, a comforting encouragement that becomes, you know, you might be even going through and it's a scripture from God and it becomes your life verse that you go back to time and time again to keep focus when things get tough. And so this gift is so powerful as Zacharias just speaks over his son and ministers over his son and is inspired by the Holy Spirit to, to give forth this prophecy of comfort and encouragement. And it wasn't weird. So how does it work in a person's life? How does the gift of prophecy start coming through? Well, it often begins with a very strong impression or thought in your heart and in your mind. God impresses upon you a word or an exhortation or a correction or an encouragement. I mean, it would be just like this. You're in your normal devotional life and you're praying and you're seeking God. I love you, Lord. You're worshiping, you're praying and whatever you're doing in your devotional life, it could just be reading through the Proverbs. And one of the Proverbs jumps off the page to you and a name comes at the same time. Say so this proverb and the name come, pops into your mind or a face pops into your mind or a situation comes and it's just kind of, wow, what's this about? And you're praying, and Lord, what's going on with so-and-so? Do you want me to share this word with them? And the Holy Spirit just comes alongside. I want you to give this word to this person. This is, this is the answer. And, and it could even be someone you don't even know. <laughs> you just met him out at the water baptism. You said hi to him. You were sitting on the grass together. You were eating a sandwich together. You don't even know them. But God put their face in your mind and said, I want you to go for it. Just speak to them. This is the answer they've been waiting for. And a lot of times your first response will be, what, Lord, what, what, what? You want me to do what? You want me to share this? I mean, that doesn't sound like it's too encouraging or it doesn't sound like they're going to read it. They won't receive this. And then it's your choice, right, to obey or not to obey. Are you going to give or are you not going to give? Especially in the realm of correction, right, <laughs> or a rebuke. <laughs> like the Lord says, I want you to go rebuke your friend. I'm like, Lord, if I rebuke my friend, I won't have many more friends left, you know. But God said, no, I, I, you're the one. You're the one in their life. They're not listening to pastor. They're not listening to that study they heard on the radio. They're not listening to their spouse, but they listen to you. I want you to go. I want you to share. You're going to be the 20th person that's going to give them this rebuke, and from you, they're going to receive it. They're like, wow. 
the gift of prophecy can be a heavy gift. And so God impresses upon you a word or a thought or an exhortation or a correction or an encouragement. And as you obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit, he leads you in sharing that word with those that he sent you. It's very natural. It's not a weird thing. It's not goofy. It's not interruptive. It's just simply hearing from the Lord and moving forth in that word. And even as the word of God is being taught here in any form, the Holy Spirit can use those words as a prophecy into your heart and into your mind. The gift of prophecy is exercised every time the Bible is taught. Somebody is receiving a word of encouragement, a word of edification, a word of exhortation. So this wonderful gift within the church is very, very needed. But those of you that are gifted with the gift of prophecy, you might want to get your pens ready because I want to walk you through some of the dangers that you are presented to you if you have this gift. Because there are hazards, there are pitfalls, there are little holes that you can trip and stumble in if you're not exercising this gift in the realm of the Spirit. Here's the problem, church. The problem is, is that we have become so technological in our society, so matter-of-fact, so precise, so predictive, that what God has begun in the Spirit, you may find yourself trying to perfect in the flesh. You may find yourself, instead of, like, for moving, number one, here's a hazard for you that have the gift of, of prophecy. Instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you, you might try to figure things out for people and then try to give them the word. Well, I know that. I can understand that. The Holy Spirit never impressed that upon your heart. It was never from him. You're just trying to figure things out for someone else, and so you're going to find the right scripture. And so instead of praying, you go to the concordance, and you look for a verse. Because after all, everybody's expecting you. You're the one that gives answers. But no, you want to be led by the Spirit. You don't want to perfect in your flesh what God has begun in the Spirit. Let me give you another example of that. We are so technologically savvy now that... For those of you that study the Bible, you may not just open your Bible and study. You may go to the Internet. And you may go Google and find something that, well, I wonder what this person thought. I wonder what that person thought. You want to hear this. You want to hear that. Instead of just opening your Bible in the days when we didn't have the Internet and just read. And say, Lord, teach me what this verse means. I want to understand it. I want to understand what this chapter means. Give me an understanding of this book. Give me an understanding of... But no, instead, we'll try to perfect in the flesh. We'll seek out other ways. Like somebody gives you a problem is presented to you. And instead of pointing them to the word, you might say, well, I got the best book for you. And so you give them this best-selling book. You know, it's so popular. Everybody in the Christian world's reading it. And it's probably a very good book. But it has to be secondary to the word of God. Let me just say as a side note, what makes a good Christian book? You ready? One that is saturated and full of scripture. That's a good Christian book. You pick up a book and, go, and a lot of I think and this is and I wonder. And, and oh, by the way, there's a little scripture I want to share with you. And, and, and the rest of someone's opinion, it may not be as strong of a book as one that's just saturated in scripture. Just constantly filled with the word of God, which reminds you that that's the place where you get your answers anyway, right? And it's good that God has given us gifted authors that have helped us to understand particular topics using the Word of God, but books should always, CDs and tapes and Bible studies should always be secondary to just simply allowing the Word of God to be your source. So here's another hazard for those of you with the gift of prophecy. And this is an obvious one, right? If you have the gift of prophecy, you may lack a sensitivity to others and their feelings. You just don't take it into account. It's black and white. Here are the facts. Deal with them. Yeah, but it hurts. Well, stop hurting already. 
Oh, you're encouraging, man. Thanks, you know. My goodness. And you might just lack that sensitivity. Remember, since everything's so black and white to you, the Lord's sharing his truth with you, you have the right answer. You know it's from God that you forget about love. And you forget about grace and mercy and agape. And, and you're just not the most sensitive type. That might even be your personality. But you know, God can make you sensitive. God can cause you to be more sensitive than you are today so that you might be a better exerciser of his gift and you don't just keep offending people all the time, but God can use you in that way. Remember, the Bible says that you and I need to speak the truth in love so that we might edify one another. Truth is truth, but it can always be delivered in such a way where it'll be received. Other hazards of this gift and surrounding insensitivity include you are you might be known as being too judgmental. And that's all you do is just lay heavy trips on people. You also have to be careful of being condemning where you're in the right place, they're in the not, not in the right place, and you have this sense of always condemning people for not getting along with the program. You also have to be careful of is that you really don't like the word compromise. Like, you wait, no way, no compromise, man. No com we don't compromise around here. You know, spiritually, that's true. We don't want to compromise towards sin. You're right. Because compromise will always lead to compromise. But those that have the gift of prophecy forget that compromise has another definition. It's not just compromise towards sin, but compromise is also meeting in the middle. And you know, it's good sometimes to meet in the middle, to give in a little bit, to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God that he might lift us up. And so, yes, take a stand, strong stand toward compromise towards sin. No, 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 we don't go there. But compromise isn't a bad word. Sometimes we need to meet in the middle so that we can lift up from the middle and bring somebody closer to Jesus Christ. Another thing that you want to be careful of is that having this prophetic type of gift, you really don't care what other people think or feel. You just don't care. That's a danger sign for anyone. Because the reality is, is a lot of believers are still living in the gray areas. It's just where they are in their walk. Now, if you're one of those believers and you love to live in the gray area, I'd like to encourage you to get out as fast as you can. It's like, well, there, you know, the Bible really doesn't talk about that. Well, no, it probably does. It may not talk about the situation in particular, but I bet you there's a principle we can find to help you. The problem is you get living in the gray area so much, you can become a wishy-washy, compromising type of Christian, and you don't want to do that. So many things in the Bible are black and white. Very simple. Should I steal this candy bar? Well, I don't know. I'm hungry and, uh, you know, I probably won't get caught and it's no big deal. What? No, don't steal it. Go hungry. Just go hungry. Could that be God's will for you? Yeah, it sure could. So don't live in the gray areas, Christian. And those of you that are black and white, be careful so that we all come together. Another thing to watch out for is you have an attitude with this gifting of always being right all the time, even though you're wrong a lot and nobody can tell you. You always think you're right. And so when we talk to you, we just, we already know you're not going to agree with us. Say, so wait a minute, brother. That doesn't sound like it's from, well, no. <laughs> if you have this gifting, you're just like, man, we can't tell you anything. You won't let us tell you anything. It's always you, 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 and you got to be careful because God does speak the truth to you a lot, but you're often wrong, and you won't admit it, and you become prideful. And it's just, from our vantage point, it's just, we're tired of it. The people in your life are just tired of it. Just humble yourself and acknowledge and just admit you're wrong and ask for forgiveness. Just admit it. Be careful here. 
The other, the other <laughs> this is a funny one. I found this one. Although I wish I would have, I would have come up with it myself, but I didn't. But those of you that are gifted with the gift of prophecy often think those that are gifted with the gift of mercy, you think mercy people are backslidden whiners. <laughs> we all work together in the body, okay? Number, here's another hazard you want to be careful of. And this one kind of gets used across the board. And uh, those with the gift of prophecy often get discouraged because people won't listen to you. They won't receive your word. And that really bums you out. And also a person with the gift of prophecy often can isolate themselves with the personality issues that we talked about. And people won't receive your word. They won't receive the word of God from you. And then there's a corner that gets turned that sometimes people even start to despise you and avoid you. And that bums you out. Who wouldn't bum, be bummed out if people are starting to avoid you because they don't want to hear the word of God through you? And so you got to be careful in this discouragement. You might also be discouraged because every time you share the word, nobody really believes you at first. And so they're always testing your words, right? It's like, well, no, I don't take that. I'm going to have to pray about that. And you're like, no, don't pray. I know it's from the Lord, man. Don't pray about it. No, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to ask my mom. And I'm going to, and it just bums you out because you know they're going to ask 50 other people and it's from the Lord and every 50 is going to tell them the same thing. But you get bummed out because you're not immediately received. But listen, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians that we're to test the prophet. You know, we're, we're supposed to take prophecies, not to despise them. And we're also to test all things. And so that's just part of the gift. People despise prophecies. And the Bible says don't despise them because people despise them. That's the way it is. And if you want to jot that down, it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Another thing about the gift of prophecy that you got to be careful of is that you get too excited in, gift, in your gifting and you lose control and you cause confusion in the body. That's what happened in the Corinthian church. Paul had to write them a letter. And he said, listen, the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. And so you don't always have to share. You don't always have to. You can wait for the timing of God and you might lose self-control. And when you lose self-control and the timing's wrong, then everything gets all confused and muddy. And you want to be careful to remember that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet, that you and I, we can exercise our... We're not out of control when we exercise our gifts. The Holy Spirit's not causing chaos and confusion. Paul said, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that God is a God that loves things being done decently and in order. And so you want to be careful. And Paul tells us again in 1 Corinthians 14 to desire earnestly to prophesy, that that would be our desire to pray for this gifting in our life, that we can speak forth encouragement, edification, exhortation, and comfort into people's lives. And I want to encourage you to earnestly desire and seek this gift. You may not hold the office of a prophet, but God can use you to prophesy and speak forth his word in wonderful ways. And it's a real blessing to have these gifted men and women in the church that God has given to us that have the supernatural ability to cause God's word to shine in a particular area, in a particular time. You may not have the gift of teaching where you're able to explain large pieces of scripture or able to teach the word of God you may not have that gift, but you are gifted in speaking forth the word of God and the Holy Spirit inspires you at the right time with the right word for the right person. Amen? Before we end, if you think, you consider that you have the gift of prophecy, I'd like you to stand up right now. I want to pray for you. Just now you've kind of come to understand that that's my gifting. Oh my, that's me. Let's just stand up. I want to pray with you. That by the time we're done, every person in this room will have stood up 
in these seven weeks because you're going to know your gifting. I just want to pray for you. You may have this gift. You have, may have more than one gifting, but those of you that have this gifting, I just want to pray for you. Lord, I ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifted men and women that you have given the ability supernaturally to cause your word to shine and to be able to speak it forth in the lives of those around them. Help them and guard them from discouragement and from being beat up and bummed out. Help them to be under self-control. Lord, help them to have the right timing and in their isolation sometimes and in their difficult times where they're not really readily received, that, Lord, you would just encourage them and be a strength to them. Help them in their black and whiteness, that although it's clear that your word is often black and white, give them that sensitivity of your spirit to deliver the word that it might be well received. And thank you for sending them here to Calvary Aurora to exercise this gift among us. In Jesus' name, amen. As Pastor Ed Taylor was praying for those in his home fellowship at Calvary Church, Colorado, perhaps you were wanting to stand and be prayed for too. If so, would you kindly let us know so we can pray for you specifically? And as you also heard, there's still much more to come concerning the gifts of the Spirit. So we invite you to continue with us right here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. To give this a second listen or to email us your prayer request, just visit our website at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Pastor Ed, as you pointed out, the spiritual gifts that are mentioned in Romans 12 don't include tongues or miracles or gifts of healings, among some of the other manifestations found in 1 Corinthians. Why these differences? That's a great question, Larry, as we dive into studying uh, the gifts of the Spirit I see a distinction in the scriptures between what's given in Romans 12, what's given in 1 Corinthians 12, and what's given in Ephesians chapter 4. In Romans chapter 12, I see these as the seven primary motivational spiritual gifts. And what I mean by that is this is the gift or gifts that God gives that moves a person primarily, that as you perhaps have the gift of service— like your heart is just to serve, and that's what moves you and motivates you. Then when we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we have the manifestations of the Spirit, where the Spirit of God will come upon you in enhancing your motivational gift, which is pretty amazing. It's pretty encouraging that God would so refine the spiritual gifts that He's given you to affect the situation right in front of you. And of course, when we get to Ephesians chapter 4, we know that there are some primary roles, not exhaustively, but primary roles where gifts can be used within the body for the sake of the edification. But there's a great distinction here in Romans chapter 12. It's a very exciting distinction because it simplifies our ability to assess and identify how God has made us, not only in our personality makeup, but how does God match his gifting, his spiritual gift to be used within our lives, our station in life, where we live, where we were born, our personality, where God's gift supersedes all of, all of those, but also uses them for his glory. I love how the distinctions are made and how God has our best interests at heart when it comes to the manifestations, when it comes to our relationship with the Spirit of God, but more importantly, when it comes to representing Him in a dark and dreary world. Dig in and let's jump in to learn about what those gifts are, and let's use them for the glory of God. That's very helpful. Thanks again, Pastor Ed. 
There's a lot that goes into making all this happen, as you might imagine, and we look to the Lord to provide and guide. And if He's leading you to take an active role in the ministry through either monthly support or a one-time donation, first of all, thank you. And second, we'd like to send you something as a tangible expression of our gratitude. When you give $25 or more, you're invited to request Don Stewart's excellent book, 25 Signs We Are Near the End. In these difficult days, many are wondering how close we are to the end. Well, Don Stewart looks to the Bible to help you answer that. He believes there are 25 signs that would suggest we are near the end, like the miracle of Israel's survival, the preparations being made to build the third temple. The stage is also being set for the Ezekiel 38 and 39 invasion. Read all about it in 25 Signs We Are Near the End. Just call 877-30-GRACE and we can take your request. Again, that's 877-30-GRACE. There's much more to come in Romans, so try to set aside a half hour each day to join us for Abounding Grace as Pastor Ed Taylor relates the truths we find here to everyday living. This is amazing grace. This is Abounded Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church Colorado here in Aurora. 